And we've been talking the past couple of weeks about transformation. Um, and I think what um, I'm going to talk to you about today, it's, it's certainly been a great transforming process in my life, and hopefully it will be in yours too. Um, so we're going to share from one of my ba- favorite verses in Matthew, uh, but first let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for every person here. I thank you, Lord, that your word is living and it's active, God, and you have purposes for it to accomplish in our lives today. So I pray that you would open our hearts and our ears and our minds to understand what your Holy Spirit might be saying to us today. Pray that we would grasp hold of the freedom that's offered in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you don't know me, my name is Raina, and I am married to Jason, who is the pastor, which makes me the confusingly titled to me, pastor's wife. I have never gone anywhere, and someone has been introduced to me as, this is my plumber's wife, or this is the electrician's wife, this is the businessman's wife, but I get introduced as the pastor's wife all the time, and um, I just think that means I'm married to the pastor, but I think all kinds of other people have different ideas, because I get all kinds of questions. I need to just start writing them down and publish a book about them, but the main one is, yeah, but what do you do? And so I've been trying this response out on people. Um, I'm like, I have a, a, a job. It's a very important job. Are you ready? My job is to sleep with the pastor. <laughs> and, and I don't mean to brag, but I have a great job. That's all it means. I'm the pastor's wife. So that in of itself does not qualify me to stand up here today at all. But I just want to share something that's happened in my life. I came to know the Lord at 20 after a a remarkably full life of sin. It's really amazing how much bad things you can fit into those first 20 years if you don't know the Lord. And so I came to the Lord just um, from a crazy life. And I was utterly saved when I met Jesus. Jason and I were 10 days out from being married. And we were getting married in a church. And... Uh, they, you know, required you to have premarital counseling. And I just put it off and put it off and put it off till 10 days before the wedding. They said, if you don't come and do this, you can't get married here. The invitations were out. I mean, I felt like I had no choice. So I went in and instead of talking to me about marriage, they talked to me about Jesus. And they told me about this Jesus that I didn't know. All I knew about Jesus was he was born at Christmas and I got some presents. And I never knew what happened to him after that. And they told me, and he said, would you like to accept Jesus? I said, absolutely. Who would not want to accept this Jesus? This is amazing. And I was transformed that day. So transformed that Jason did not marry the same girl that he proposed to. Um, I was a completely different girl. And I think it's worked out okay. We're still together. Uh, update. We're still together. But, um, but I was so transformed. But even though I was so transformed... I still carried so much baggage with me for years and years and years. And I still carry baggage. I'm not coming to you like I'm completely baggage-free. But I carried so many bags that were so heavy for so many years. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about baggage as it relates to this beautiful verse. And the title, Transformation, the Great Exchange, we'll get to what that actually means um, in a minute. But first, let's um, read the passage. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you 
Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find a rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. What an amazing verse. We all have baggage. This verse applies to every single one of us in this room. That person, maybe you sit on the same row every week or something, and you see that person, you know, on the next row, and they're always, like, so nice and tidy and put together, and and you think that their life is just so perfect. They have baggage. Everybody you know has baggage. Your mama has baggage. Your daddy has baggage. Your grandmama has baggage. Everybody you lock eyes with carries baggage. And so this verse is universal to all of us. Jesus was speaking to us in this day, telling us that we can come to him, and we can find rest for our souls. Um, here's the thing about baggage. You're going to do one of two things with it. You're going to carry it with you everywhere you go for the rest of your life, or you're going to unload it somewhere. And we want to focus on unloading it with Jesus today. So I have some baggage here. This is my Betsy baggage. I love my Betsy baggage. Um, if you are, don't like Betsy baggage, bless your heart. Two things. <laughs> One, what happened to you in your life that made you that way? That's sad. That's sad. Two, you can just insert whatever you think is cool baggage. But I think this is cool baggage. And when I carry all of my Betsy baggage with me, I just feel like people are looking at me. I mean, I feel like they're like, you got it. Like, you got some cool baggage there, lady. And I'm just staying a little taller, and I have my, I have my Betsy bags. But here's the thing about my Betsy bags. I mean, first of all, this isn't even all of them. This is embarrassing, but this is not even all of them. And wherever we go, I take it all. I take it all. Let that sink in. It's heavy. It makes me slower to get to wherever I'm going. But it's like I can't not take it. This is my stuff. And, And at this point... This defines me so much that I cannot imagine life without all of it. So we're loading up to go to Orlando, Betsy baggage. Loading up to see the grandkid in Gainesville, Mm -mm, Betsy baggage. I'm taking it everywhere. And I think to myself, why do I do this? Can't I just take a little bit of Betsy baggage? Can't I just travel light? And I think for so many of us, we have such spiritual baggage, emotional baggage, mental baggage that we carry with us and we understand that it's heavy and we understand that it's weighing us down and we understand that it's making us exhausted but it has so colored the way that we look at life and it has so defined us for so long that we just don't know any other way and we don't know how to lay that down um i'm telling you today that it's heavy and you can let it go Sometimes we get a glimpse of what life would be like if we set that baggage down. Sometimes we get a glimpse maybe in a room like this and you think, you hear somebody maybe talk about marriage and having a great marriage and, and, or being a great parent or starting a small group and you just think, can I do that? Like, like, could I spend time with the Lord and hear from Him by myself? Or, or could I be in like a really awesome, satisfying marriage? Or, or could I share the love of God in my workplace could I be the kind of person that, that, you know, loves Jesus in front of everybody? And we get that, like, glimmer, like that rise of hope. <sighs> and then we're just, we just get tired thinking about it. Because what starts to happen then in our mind is we start to think of all the things that we would have to change in order for that to happen. 
And I would like to challenge you today that it's not so much in some areas of a big change that needs to be made as it is a big release that needs to happen. And as we release those things to Jesus, we are so free to live the life that he's called us to. So first thing, come to Jesus with your weariness and your burdens. I almost just put come to Jesus because I feel like, I mean, you know, that would just solve most of our problems right there. Come to Jesus. We could pray and we could go home. You just need to come to Jesus. But he said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And I feel like that's probably all of us. And we see that in black and white, and and logically we agree, yes, that is what Jesus has said. Come to me with your weariness and your heavy burdens. But I don't find that in practice we always do that. I find that in practice we think I will come to Jesus after I'm not weary and after I set down my burdens. Um, This is true at salvation, certainly. Um, A lot of people, this keeps them from making that that. Um, initial contact with Jesus from even asking the Lord into their heart because they feel like they have to get rid of this first, that they can't come to Jesus with this. And I'll tell you um, from personal experience, that's not true, but I, I know even a close family member felt that way. My, my grandfather, he um, was just this old country gentleman and um, my whole family was born in Iuka, Mississippi. And, um, I was born in Memphis, but just barely. All the rest, everybody else is Iuka, Mississippi. So my grandpa's this old country guy from Iuka, Mississippi, and he never saw him out of a pair of overalls. They were all occasion clothing. Um, your wedding, he's coming in overalls. Your funeral, I'm sorry, he is coming in overalls. Um, any occasion, overalls. And he, he talked real slow. And if you're from that part of the country, you don't get one name, you get two names. And so he would... I would tell, ask him about Jesus after I came to know the Lord. Hey, Grandpa, don't you want to, you know, don't you want to accept Jesus? And, and he would say, Raina Lynn, I can't. I'm like, why, Grandpa? And he had this list of things in his mind. And he thought they were sins. Listen to me, I'm not telling you they are sins. I'm saying that this is what he thought, this was his baggage. And he would tell me that when he was ready to lay down his poker playing, and when he was ready to quit drinking his whiskey, and when he was ready to quit his tobacco, then he could come to Jesus. And I would say, Grandpa, no, Jesus takes all that. What are you talking about, Grandpa? But that was stuck in his brain. And maybe that's like you today, and, and that's some, something. Maybe it's a whole different list, but it's stuck in your brain. And you think, after I, get, after I tidy up this little baggage problem I have, then I can come to Jesus. For salvation, and I want to tell you that is a low down, dirty lie. Jesus takes you with your baggage, He wants it all. I have not known many people who came with more baggage than me to Jesus. And when I came to know Jesus, He, he stood there, arms wide open, and said, Bring it all. Never once did He say, Oh, no, no. It wasn't like, you know, He stood, Okay, come on, come on, come on. Yep, yeah, bring that one, bring that one, bring up. Oh, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I did not know you had that in there. Turn it around, sister. Turn it around and get that cleaned up. Go on now. Go on now. Not one time. He said, bring it all. I can handle it. Bring it all. A really freeing thing about baggage, if you haven't done that yet, you don't ever have to tell another living soul what's in those bags. That is between you and Jesus. That is why you'll never hear me get up here and say, well, before I came to know Jesus, I did A, B, C, D, E. They'd have to invent another alphabet. But I'll never do that because I don't have any interest in highlighting my sin. But I do have a great interest in highlighting the healer 
and the one who heals our sin. So you don't have to tell anybody what's in those bags. Bring them to Jesus. Come to him. If you're weary, if you carry heavy burdens, he'll give you rest. So it's at salvation that we tend to think that. And then that thinking can go past salvation. Maybe you love the Lord. Maybe you want to serve him, but you are exhausted. You are exhausted. Not the kind of exhaustion that sleep cures. The kind of exhaustion that is so bone deep that it makes you question everything in your life. And if that's where you are today, and I know I've been there and in conversations with you, I know many of you have been there as well. um, These words are for you. And I think that they go together. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I would say that we're weary because we carry heavy burdens that we were never meant to carry. And you can come, you can come to him with those things. You can lay those things down today because we weren't designed to carry them. I know for years that I carried around with me bags and bags and bags of worry and fear. Let me pause here and say that I have carried other bags also, but this is more of a socially acceptable thing to talk about, so I will not be sharing with you my other bags today. But these were heavy, heavy bags nonetheless for me. And everywhere I went, worry and fear was right there with me. If I was cooking dinner, worry and fear right there. If I was praying, worry and fear right there. If I was ministering to teenagers, worry and fear right there. I carried them everywhere I go. And you know that's the thing about baggage is you have to make room for it in your life. You have to, you have to make sure that wherever you're going, your baggage can go with you. You go into a marriage, guess what? All your baggage comes with you. You, you know, anything that you do in life, you have to make room for this baggage. And that's not a good place to be. But for me, it was worry and fear for years and years and years. And here's a funny story that um, I can tell you that didn't damage me as some of the other stories that I could tell you. But it just shows how insane me trying to manage my baggage is. We used to do this thing called Summer Survivor. Uh, for our youth group when we were in youth ministry, and we would take the teenagers for a retreat out about three hours outside of Memphis. And Jason would drive the bus because we kind of had a large youth group, so we couldn't do it all at one time. We had to do it by grades. And they would, um, you know, get on the bus and come, and we'd do this retreat. And then Jason would, you know, a few days, and then he would take them back. And this went on over a course of a couple of weeks. And it was this great lake house. Windows, just all had floor-to-ceiling windows, glass, beautiful in the middle of the woods in a canyon on the lake and when the sun was up and the teenagers were there it was glorious and when the sun went down and the bus left the driveway it was like every horror movie that I had ever watched in my entire life was coming to pass right then I was terrified and I had been dropping hints this first day to Jason like I don't think this is gonna happen like I don't think this is gonna happen he's like no 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 you're fine you're fine you're fine he gave me instructions which I had been rehearsing But then it got so heavy on me, this fear and this worry about what was going to happen was so heavy on me that I had, I finally just called him and said, you, you you bring the bus back. I got to get back on the bus. I can't stay here. Yes, you can please. And he had just preached. It was Wednesday. He had just preached and he said, please don't make me do this thing. And I said, no, you have to. And we went back and forth. And so anyway, I thought, I just thought, okay, I can do this. I can manage my baggage. I can do this because the baggage is here. So now I just have to manage it. So he had been telling me all day, Raina, this is what you do if somebody's coming for you. <laughs> you go and you go, down, go to the basement door. 
You open it real quiet, like, you know, get, go down the basement steps, tiptoe with the kids. And you go all the way back across the basement to the back basement bedroom with the sliding glass door. And you go out and you creep through the woods and you get down to the boat. You get in the boat, but you don't start the boat. You push off from the shore. And then once you're far enough away where nobody can jump into your boat, then you crank it and you go get help. So all day long, I'm like, you go to the basement step. And you open the door and you go down the basement steps. And then you go back to the basement bedroom. And I was starting to get a little overwhelmed with that. And so I thought, we're going to just skip the first step. Kids, down to the basement. And back into the basement bedroom. Never mind that, you know, 100 teenagers had slept there after sweating and playing like summer survivor games all week. I was like, listen, kids, the germs is the least of our enemies right now. There are real enemies out there. Get in that bed. It sounds insane. It gets worse. Uh, there was a pool table down there. And I thought, well, we're in the basement, so we've, we've completed the first step. But um, I need to somehow bar this door. And so I took all the, the sticks, the pool sticks, and I took them upstairs, and I barricaded that door. And then I took all the pool balls, and I put them on the steps, but not like just straight down, because those, those people could be strategic, and they could, you know, they, it, so I, I put them, like I was mom home alone, like this was a thing I was doing. And I made this thing, and then I sat on the pool table that was at the bottom of the steps with my stick an extra pull stick. And I said, bring it on, bring it on. And I sat there nearly all night. It took me years before I could tell the story because I was so ashamed of myself. Listen, this is a little town in Arkansas that has maybe 500 population. There was nobody coming for me. There was nobody coming, but this was the only way I knew to manage my baggage because I was not about to lay that baggage down and go get in a nice warm bed and have a wonderful night of sleep. No way. It sounds like a joke, but it was no way to live. And that is how I lived my life. That's how I lived my whole life. And it didn't help me at all that I thought the baggage that I was carrying was good baggage. I really did. I thought, well, if I don't worry about this, then who's going to do it? If I'm not afraid of every boogeyman, then who will be? And it sounds so crazy, but I wonder how many of you carry around a big old bag of self-righteousness, because if you don't tell people how to live, who will? Or maybe you carry around a big old bag of bitterness, because if you don't remember that wrong, who will? Or maybe you carry around a big bag of guilt, because if you don't pay for that sin, who will? Man, I want to tell you, Jesus did. It's not even that he will. He did. He did pay for your sin. He will remember every wrong done against you. He'll make it okay. And he's in charge of telling people how to live. Never asked you to do that. We've got to let these things go. We've got to lay these things down. And this is why this passage is so beautiful, because he made the way to do that. He made it possible for us to lay our bags down. But first, you've got to come to him with those bags. Don't keep trying to come in and leave your baggage right outside the door. Come, bring it all to him. He wants all of it. And then number two, receive his rest. Same passage at the end is the promise. I will give you rest. Not I will ruffle through your bags and just see, you know, if you got any kind of things in there that I don't like. No, just bring, bring me your bags, bring me your weariness, and I will give you rest. Jesus was talking to a group of people here who were exhausted. They were exhausted because they had been um, they had been given laws that were too heavy for them to carry that they were never meant to carry. God, way back years ago, had given 
his people laws uh, to Mo- through Moses to his people. And they were straightforward laws. They were simple laws. And there were just a few of them. And what happened was, is the religious people said, well, we need to make a law to ensure that we don't break the original law. And then that wasn't good enough. We'll make another law to ensure that you don't break this law to ensure that you don't break the original law. We'll make this law to ensure that you don't break that law to ensure that you don't break that law to ensure that you don't break the original law. Insanity. It makes my lake story seem a little silly. These people were exhausted. For instance, so one of the laws was keep the Sabbath day holy. Simple, straightforward law. But the, the people in charge, the religious people in charge, said, well, we better make some laws that that, so we won't break that. So we'll say, okay, well, you can't handle any money on the Sabbath day. Well, the Lord never said anything about that. Or, and they made another one, well, you can't mess with your animals on the Sabbath day. Well, the Lord never said anything about that. And they would make dozens and dozens of these things. And no wonder they were exhausted. That's why when you, see, when you read about Jesus in the, in, the, in the Gospels, you read about the religious people always saying to him, hey, why aren't you following this law? Why aren't you following this law? And Jesus is like, that's not my father's law. You made that law up. And it may seem like you can't relate to that, but I think that you can. How many things in your life do you make up and you add to the word of God? Well, I should do this. I shouldn't do this. I should do this. I shouldn't do this. All of our shouldas and wouldas and wish a wouldas, if it's outside of the word of God, let me give you permission. Lay it down. Lay it down. We weren't meant to be piling things on top of our lives that aren't in the word of God. And you have to know what the word of God says in order to do that. But all that's too heavy. It was too heavy for those people, and it's too heavy for us, so we have to lay it down. To receive the rest, you got to bring those heavy burdens in. You have to have free hands, empty hands, in order to grasp his rest. John Maxwell tells a funny story about this guy cruising around in a convertible on a mountain road, and his car goes off the side of the cliff, and he's ejected from the car, and he grabs hold of this tree, you know, coming out from the side of the cliff, and he's holding on to it and starts screaming, Hello, hello, can anybody help me? Can anybody help me? silence. God, are you there? Can you help me? Can you hear me, God? Are you there? Yes. Thunderous voice. You know, yes, I'm here. Well, can you help me? Yes. Do you believe in me? Yes. Do you trust me? Yes. Yes. Well, then let go of the tree if you trust me. Silence. And he says, can anybody else hear me? (laughs) And boy, isn't that a picture of us? Here's Jesus saying, come on, come to me, bring your burdens. And we're like, boy, I don't know. Kind of like it, kind of cute in it, kind of like it. It's familiar. Yeah, it's heavy. Slow me down. But I know what it feels like. And I don't know what it feels like to let go. Let me tell you, when you do let go and you do receive his rest, it is beautiful and it is freeing. Is it scary? Yes, I get that because you've been carrying those bags your whole life. But it's so freeing. And listen, I'm not saying that that is going to happen to you today. I mean, maybe it will. I hope this is like Miracle Sunday for you. And, and by golly, you just drop every single bag that you've ever had your whole life here. And you leave here and you never pick them back up again. In my experience, things that I have been set free from, it hasn't always happened like that. There have been some things that have been instantaneous. But more often than not, God has worked with me in a process on a journey because he wants, he wants me to keep coming back to him. He wants me to stay so close to him. So it's a journey, but, but maybe you'll leave something here today. Maybe you'll leave one bag here today. 
And maybe, you know, in the next couple of weeks, the Holy Spirit will bring this, back, this verse back to mind because it's in there now. You've read it. So the Holy Spirit can be like, I got that. And bring that back to your mind. And maybe you'll think, you know what? Maybe I can lay that down. Maybe I can. And it's so awesome. But how do you do it? Number three, let him teach you. He says, take my yoke upon, me, uh, upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. This is the how. Because I don't know about you, but I've done the first two things. I've come to him and then, you know, I've asked for his rest, brought all my baggage in. And here's what it looks like for me. Lord, here's all my baggage. God, I just really need your rest. Really need your rest, Lord. I got all these things I'm carrying. They're so heavy. So I'm coming to you with it, Jesus. I need your help with it, Jesus. You know, I pray. Amen. And then I pick up all my bags and I take them right out with me. Right along my day, all my bags, I collected them all back the same. And I never left anything with him. And I think, well, you know, at least I got that few minutes of peace. Jesus didn't die to give you a few minutes of peace. Jesus died to give you a lifetime of peace here. And then an eternity of peace in heaven. That's your birthright as a child of God. So how do you do it? You let him teach you. Some versions say, learn from me. The how is not easy. The how is simple, but the how is not easy because it takes work. And we don't necessarily like work because to let him teach you, you have to invest the time for him to teach you. And you begin to explore the word of God for options for your particular baggage. For my particular baggage, I found a passage in Philippians that helped me so much. And it was, it was instructions. It said, do not be anxious in anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Wow, those were instructions for me. He was saying, hey, Raina, those things that you're carrying, not supposed to be carrying them. It's too heavy for you, Raina. You weren't supposed to do that. You're not to be anxious in anything. But in order to do that, here's how you don't do that. You, you pray to me. You tell me what you need. You begin to thank me for things. So those were instructions for me in my life. And whatever you're carrying in your life, there are instructions for you in there. The thing about it is it takes time to find them. And we don't always like that because we're used to just, you know, Googling or asking Siri how to do anything. How many of you have Googled or asked Siri to do anything this past week? Okay, half of you are dirty liars. You are dirty liars. I know you have, or you have asked a friend to do it for you. We do that for everything. I mean, like anything I don't know how to do, and then if it takes too long, if it's like past two seconds, I'll just refresh that joke, or I'm like, what's, what's going on? I asked you this like two seconds ago. What is taking so long? That's just how we are culturally. That's just where we live, and so that's why it's hard for us to learn from him. But that's the secret. And it may not be like, you know, this big, sexy thing, but it's real and it's powerful. And it is the way to lay your baggage down. Learn from him. We want God to be a Siri Holy Spirit that we put in a box and stick in our pocket. And we want to pull Siri Holy Spirit out and say, Siri Holy Spirit, what do I do right now? And we want Siri Holy Spirit to answer us quick. And then we want to put Siri Holy Spirit back in our pocket and go on about our business. But God is not like that. Amen. He's not like that because he wants a relationship with you. I do not have a relationship with Siri. 
I curse Siri sometimes because she puts things in my phone that are not supposed to be there. I'm like, that is not what I said. Get your stuff together, Siri. That is not the relate. God wants a relationship with you. He wants to do your whole life with you. He doesn't want to just come out of your pocket every once in a while when you have a question. And when you let him teach you, you're in this active learning relationship with him. He's more like what C.S. Lewis said in the Chronicles of Narnia um, in the line, the witch in the wardrobe. He's, he's, it's a novel, but he's like painting this picture of, of a type of Christ in Aslan, the lion. And, and Mr. Beaver asks Lucy or Lucy asks Mr. Beaver, um, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver says, safe. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And your God is not safe God in your pocket, but he is a good, good father. And he is the king, and he has the power to help you with those bags. But you've got to ask him, and that takes time. You have to take time to read the Bible. Read the Bible. Don't let someone here on a stage do that for you. Read the Bible. Ask him. Just ask him, am I supposed to be carrying this? And if I'm not, how in the world do I lay it down? Let him give you instructions and then wait for him to answer you. And that takes time. Again, it just takes time. And the thing is, you won't know how to do that until you get into the word of God and learn from him actively. He is a great adventure for your life. And we think of adventure maybe as traveling the world or being a missionary or something else. But I want to tell you, like, being in an awesome, like, hot and spicy marriage, that is a great adventure. And being a great parent who leaves a legacy for their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren, that is an adventure. Being a, known as a person who finishes their race in a world full of people who do not finish their race is a great adventure. And God has these things for you. And he's written them specifically for you. And the curtains are ready for him to reveal the next act. But you can't go in with all this baggage. you gotta, you got to lay some of that down. He wants you to receive his rest. He wants you to learn from him. And you got to have free hands to do that. You have to lay some of that stuff down. And you know how by asking him and learning from him. And learning from him also means... As much as laying, learning how to lay down baggage, it's how not to pick up certain other baggage. Because some of the baggage we feel like we were born with, we were just born with this baggage and somebody else put this baggage on us, and that's true. But there are a lot of things we carry that we picked up our own selves. And we wish we had never even glanced at that baggage, much less picked it up and made it a part of our journey. But when you're actively learning from the Word, and what I mean by actively learning from the Word is learning about Jesus He says, learn from him. So read about him in his word. And and he's our model. Pattern your life after him. Talk like he talked. Um, You know, let his spirit live inside of you. Um, And when you do that, it's not that you won't make mistakes. Because you will absolutely make mistakes. There was one perfect person. He was Jesus. You are not Jesus. You are going to make mistakes. So you're going to pick up things. For me, this is how it kind of looks in my worry and fear baggage. I've laid that down. But occasionally, I'll find that I pick something up. But because I'm actively walking with the Lord, I find that it's more like this. Like, oh, I've picked up a little pocketbook of fear and worry, I see. And I'm, and I'm reading the Bible, and he's like, oh, I see you've picked up that little pocketbook, Raina. But it's so much easier because it's not all of this. 
that I'm lugging around with me. And because I'm in an active relationship with him, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm, I, I see that now. That's what God's word does. It gives you eyes to see. And, and I can say confidently, you will make mistakes. But also, actively learning from him keeps you from the long, destructive path that destroys your life. So we have to do that. God wants to speak to you. Last thing, and this is where I got the title for the, for the message. Um, take his easy yoke. This, this verbiage um, is not very familiar to us. He says, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. It's not, I mean, as far as I've, long as I've been here, I've just never seen, you know, two, a team of oxen just cruising on down the beach, you know, with the yoke on. So what it is, yoke, is it was a wooden frame that rested on the shoulder of each ox and had a bar and an, and an oxbow, I think it's called, on, the, on each end for each one. But it was tailor-made. It was specifically fitted for each ox so that they could do the job that they were meant to do. They could pull together, and it would be a help to them and not a harm to them. And that's what he's talking about here. He does have a yoke for you, but it's fit perfectly for you. And your yoke is not my yoke, and my yoke is not your yoke. But it's fit perfectly for you and Jesus to do the journey together, for you to go in the same direction and to finish the, the, the job, the life that God has for you. And his yoke is easy. When you make the great exchange, you take your yoke, which has been scratching you and harming you and strangling you, and you get his, his easy yoke that's fit perfectly to you. And then the great exchange is also the burden I give you is light. You exchange those heavy burdens that you've been carrying for his light burden. And notice that there's still a burden. But it's not this baggage that weighs you down because it's light. Many times we're carrying things around and we're complaining about things that are burdens that we were intended to bear all along. For instance, if you're married... Well, you're married now. You've sealed the deal. That is your burden. Congratulations. You are intended to be married and to stay married. And so this burden that was intended to be light to you and to be, to be fun and to be a, a growth process for your life, for you and your spouse to grow and learn together, it's supposed to be this light burden, but you have made it a heavy burden. And I don't just mean you, you know, I'm pointing me to. Uh, we make those things heavy burdens by our stinky attitudes about it. And we take this light burden that was supposed to be fun and easy and we just begin to stuff it with things like anger and hatefulness, pride, all kinds of things. And what was meant to be easy and light is so heavy for us and we are so exhausted. And that's where the great exchange comes in. You can take these burdens to him. You can take them and you can ask him, am I supposed to be carrying this burden? My fear and worry, I'm not meant to carry any of it. It's, he's very clear in his word. That's a burden I was never meant to pick up in the first place. So I can let that go. And then there are some other things that are, I am intended to carry through my life. But I can exchange the hardness of it for the easiness of his yoke and the heaviness of the burden for his lightness. Um, there's a passage in Isaiah 61, 3, and I'm only just going to read part of it, but... Um, 
the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This is a list of great exchanges. It is a very powerful list. And it's from this list that Jesus read when he was in the temple. And he said, this has come to pass today. He was saying, this is my mission statement. This is what I came to do. I came to make the great exchange with humanity. And in that list is to give the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you are here today with a spirit of heaviness and you've got all this baggage, he can give you that garment of praise. Garment in that original language means mantle. And he can put that mantle on you and you can begin to praise him. And as you begin to praise him and you make these, this great exchange uh, from darkness to light and from heaviness to lightness and, and from, from turmoil to peace and, and from emptiness to joy, that mantle of praise is on you. And you can walk through your life, you know, a little taller and a little more fulfilled. And you exchange that and you give him that spirit of heaviness. And so I challenge you to do that today. I challenge you this week to come to him with all you got. Don't leave anything out. Take his rest, which means let go. You can't grab a hold of something unless you let go of what's in your hands. And then learn from him. And that's where he teaches you, yes, this is something I'm supposed to be carrying. No, this is something you were never intended to pick up. Need for control comes to mind, never intended to pick that up. And then you take his yoke upon you. And you say, Jesus, you give me your purpose for my life. And you let me have that, that, um, that garment of praise, that mantle of praise. And let me lay down the spirit of heaviness that I have. So I challenge you to do that today. The greatest exchange you could ever make is the exchange from death to life. And there's one bag that you can never put down no matter how hard you try. And you can't manage it and you can't get around it. And that's the bag of unforgiven sin. If if you have never come to Jesus, then you are carrying a bag of unforgiven sin. And you have probably never known what real peace feels like. But you can make that great exchange today. And you can give him that big old bag of sin no matter what's in it. And you can have that peace today. And um, I just want to ask you to do that. And what I'm asking you is if you want to accept Jesus as your Savior. And what that means is that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And you believe that he died for your sin. And you believe that that exchange is possible. Forgiveness for your sins. And eternal life for your death. And if you want to do that, I want to pray for you. Would everybody bow your heads? And if that's you and you would like to pray that, would you just raise your hand at me? Nobody's looking at you. I'm just going to say a prayer for you. I'm just trying to make sure I see everybody. If you want to pray for Jesus to accept him as Savior, just wave at me. Awesome. Let me see. Let me pray for the rest of this. Lord, I just pray for us today as we carry... Um, bags of who knows what in here. I pray that you would stir our hearts to be able to leave our baggage with you. I pray that the great exchange would happen for each one of us this week. And only you know the areas that it needs to happen for us individually. I pray that um, you would bring this passage to mind each day this week and that we would be able to leave those heavy burdens with you and we would be able to accept that, that mantle and that spirit of praise and thankfulness. And that instead of our turmoil and heartache and exhaustion, that you would give us your love and your joy and your peace. 
Lord, and that we would walk in the things that you have us to because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have-